Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, we're joined by Dana Gowan, who will tell us all about her improvisational journey. We'll play a couple games and most importantly, learn how she improv her life. Let's hit it. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans, and today I'm joined by the incredibly talented master of toasts, host of not one, but two podcasts, Dana Gowan. Dana, thank you so much for joining us this evening. How are you doing? I'm good, Michael. Thank you. I love that master of toasts. Master of That's toasts. fancy. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun to flip Toastmaster on its head, you know? It sounds way cooler, too. Yeah, yeah I think... Because that could be master of, like multiple different toasts True. like the toast like clink 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 toasts or like bread toast which like is also butter important on toast Ooh. yeah Ooh, okay i have a question for you about toast um <laughs> do you like in terms of crispiness kind of what on a scale of one to ten let's say ten is like it's basically charcoal or one it's like just warm where do you land on that scale probably like a 5.5 no mm. 6.5. Okay, 6.5. 6. So it's got to be crispy, but there's a point where it's too crispy and it just yeah. like, it's not even bread anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like eating bark or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I, I know how to get that setting on my toast, ah, my toaster. That's an important skill. Um, yeah, so. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll add that to the intro. Master of toast, master of toast. <laughs> Host of two podcasts, Dana Gowan. There yes, you go. I love that's, it. That's awesome. I think I'm around the same number, maybe a little higher because I think there's a sick, sick part of me that likes the burn. I'm the same with marshmallows too. I just, you know, I just toss them in the volcano. So Sick, sick human. Yeah. I should see someone for this. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Dana. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. <clears throat> <laughs> Before we jump into our interview, uh, if you could just maybe quickly explain your relationship to Improv for the People, maybe how long you've been around or when you got started with classes, just a quick summary. Yeah, I'd love to. So I was thinking about this. I think I started classes November 2021. Ah, I'm okay. pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Maybe October, but I'm pretty sure it's November 2021. And we were still wearing masks mm -hmm. with the quarantine. Yes, we were. It, it, but it was one of the only places I could find that was open and doing in-person improv places. A lot of places weren't up and running. They were still doing virtual classes. And I was like, I cannot do any more virtual classes yeah, it's tough. anymore. It is so tough. And I was like, I'm going to check this place out. It's really close to my place, like maybe three or four miles away, nice. 15 minute drive. Not yeah. bad on a good night. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Night. Of course. LA. Uh, <laughs> right. And uh, I came and I was like, this is so cool. How it's like set up uh, every week. And it's kind of like a workout, a gym, like mm. you do your improv workout. Yeah. And I, um, I really enjoyed it. I like, I love the games, the exercises. And I think I stayed probably for five or six months yeah. at least. And then I just, I haven't been doing the classes regularly because I, uh, just my schedule is crazy. Yeah, and yeah, it, absolutely. But, um, I did go to the well, first, sorry, let me back up here. Um, yeah. I did go to camp yes, this year, yeah. IFTP camp in yeah. October Dana 2022. Was featured in our camp chat episode that came out uh, maybe about a month ago. Oh, good. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. I'm That's gonna, okay. You lived it, Dana. I you lived, lived it, it, right. And I, <laughs> I have this memory of me saying something about like the water was out. And, yeah, and Matt I walked in and I was like, Dana, don't say that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, think like, I remember hearing that back. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I don't know why. And 
you know, I you said I have two podcasts. Like I listen to my voice all the time, but mm -hmm. just I don't know, listening to myself on something else, I'm like, oh, cringe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. So um, I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. It's on my list, and I'll just like summon up all the courage to just listen to it. And I'm sure it's like the shortest of snippets because you interviewed so many people. I did. It was I think about I got a, I think close to twenty different people on there. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a it lot was of work. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Took a good bit of time to come out too, yeah, which I yeah. understand. The editing yeah, process. I was I was saving it for a rainy day, and then I had a time where I was like, "It's the holidays. I have no guests. <laughs> Get the camp chat out." So that's what happened there. Yeah. Nice, I yeah. love it. But camp was so much fun. Um, I have an episode on my podcast where I talk about ta taking the leap of faith, mm. where uh, we did the ropes course and we had to jump off and hit a tiny little bell and yeah. it seemed very far away and I it did. looked very scary, but everyone else was doing it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to do it. And I did it. And yeah. it was very scary too. Yeah, it was. I remember. I, yeah. Did you do it? I did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did was, both ropes yeah. courses and then I went to go on the climbing wall and I literally got like, like reached for one hook. I was like, I'm good. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. Like, I don't, I've already pushed myself enough today. I I'm done. And yeah. I, like, the poor guy who had to like hook me up and all that. <laughs> oh, he was yeah. like, really? You're not even going to try? Nope. I'm done. <laughs> like I, I came, I saw, I, I, I conquered. Tried. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd say you conquered because you did those other two, which I think were, that rock wall was kind of whack. I'm going to be honest. It was I, very whack. Yeah. And it was not set up for success. And no, someone did succeed. Yeah, there was, I can't remember Maybe who two anymore. two people succeeded or one, one succeeded and one got close. Yeah. But just watching them, I was like, I don't look like them. <laughs> and they look much more flexible than me. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think I'm going to make it that yeah. far. Yeah, I so, feel you. Um, but that was so much fun. The talent, the anti-improv talent show mm, yes. was so special. Yes. I have, um, I was doing a little journal challenge at that time oh. while I was at camp. It just yeah. kind of hit while I was doing the journal challenge. And I have entries of um, how special camp was. Yeah. Uh, Matt's joyful meditation that he mm, led that mm -hmm. Friday night. I did that one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was great. And then... Annie Rose's dance in the anti-improv talent show. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, just one of the most special moments I've ever been a part of. Mm. And I know mm. that sounds like very like exaggeration. It's not. Uh, she was so vulnerable yeah. there. And like, you know, when you're in a moment where you're like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like mm. I am not supposed to be anywhere else. Like I, it's so perfect that I'm here. Yeah. Watching Annie Rose dance for the four minutes that she danced, it was like, this is the moment. Yeah, like, just this locked is, in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I know Austin was crying. Yeah. I mean, it was such an emotionally charged dance. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful. So, yeah, absolutely. And then the water was out, too. Yeah. And then the water. <laughs> Don't say that, Dana. I know. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Matt. Just I'm echoing sorry, Matt. Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Usually the water was working. Yes. But you most know, of the, well, not. A Half good of chunk time. of the time it was working. Yeah, uh, We just got the extra experience of roughing it a yeah, bit. Yeah, we did. I we mean, remembered it was camp. A.K. we had to use the porta-potties for the ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a little dicey out there. It yeah. was. Yeah. Overall, it was a fantastic experience Absolutely. going to camp. And then I also did the improv mm. IFTP sketch show that you ran. Yes. And 
July, I think. Yeah. June to July, we yeah, did that. Yeah, June to July. I can't believe that's already, that feels like it was more recent, but it was like over six months ago now. Well, and that was such a special experience, too, because I had taken some online sketch classes. Yeah. But they didn't end in a show, of course. They're online, and doing an online sketch sounds terrible. Yeah, that's tough. Ugh. That's um, tough. But actually, I mean, sketch writings it works really well on zoom yeah. for like the writer's room the collaborative part yeah. yeah that one's fine like the you know the table read and kind of pitching ideas that works fine on zoom but your class and getting to play and like practice the sketches yeah. for like three weeks we practiced and they got better each time and yeah getting to uh, know my classmates more through yeah. the practice and like seeing how the sketches improved it was so cool. And yeah. I have never, I know you have a background in acting and performance and theater. I have, I do not. I mean, I've done <laughs> improv shows and stuff yeah. on stage, but the sketch show is like another world. Yeah. One, you have to yeah. bring so many props, <laughs> so many props. And it takes mm -hmm. a lot of time. Yeah. The logistics. There are a lot of logistics. And, you know, when you compare improv to sketch, you're like, Oh, improv, you kind of just show up and you make it up and mm -hmm. it's, and then you leave. <laughs> it's not that bad, but sketch, you're like getting there like two to three hours earlier, like lugging in all your props and costumes, but it is so worth it. Yeah. It really is. It's so worth it. And, um, just being a part of like the rehearsal process and practicing, like who's going to bring on the props and who's going to, who's taking them off. And this is when you come in and this is how you exit, like mm. all that stuff I have never been a part of mm. before in any kind of performance. So that experience alone was so special to me because it was just like, this is the best learning experience mm. for me. So I want to do it again. Yes. Have it again, yes. please. Me too. Me too. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. <laughs> All right. Everyone listening that's in the LA area that's Please. part of IFTP, yeah. come do sketch with us. Yes, yeah, we'll I know I, I know I just sold it really well with how, <laughs> how hard it is and the logistics and stuff. But, but that's what makes it worth it. That's what yeah. makes it worth it. And then we had an after party after yeah. and we celebrated. I was out till like two in the morning that Ooh, night. So. There you go, Dana. Yeah. <laughs> party. I was out till one hour after the no no I was out a little bit too yeah, yeah. no I, no yeah. you were out uh, Daryl I think stayed out the yeah, longest with folks. yeah so yeah. we were we were out partying so you you work hard and then you party hard after work hard play hard mm -hmm. there you go, there you go. <laughs> all right well thank you thank you Dana for touching on that and that just makes me even more like it lit a fire I'm like oh, we gotta get back to it I know yeah. I know right. we're ready we we're are ready, ready. We're ready. okay. So before we jump into talking a little more about improv, uh, we, as always, are going to play a round of three things because, of course, you are here and we got to play some three things that is personal to you, Dana. Okay. All so right. So any questions about three things or I think you're pretty familiar. I'm familiar. All yeah. right. All right. So here we go. We're playing three things, but it's personal. These are three things. First category, best things in New Orleans. Ooh. Okay. Crawfish. One. King cake. Two. Jazz. Three. These are three things. Second category, volleyball slang or vernacular. Ooh. Um, ace. One. Dig it. Two. And oh, uh, serve it up. Three. These are three things. Last one. Hardest aspects of public speaking. Eye contact. One. Body language. Two. And control of your voice. These are three things. Thanks, oh, woo. all right, all right, all right. You were on it, Dana. All right, so we're going to jump back. Uh, so New Orleans. Why did I ask you about New Orleans, Dana? Well, I grew up there. Ah. I'm from there. And I will be going there uh, next 
two weeks for Ooh. Mardi Gras. Actually. Oh yeah. It's coming up that time of year. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. I, uh, I had my first chance to visit new Orleans this past summer. Um, Ooh, I was nice. only there very briefly. I was staying with some family members who live in a small town outside. I'm not going to say the name of the town on the podcast, but they live oh. outside of about well, an hour outside of the, the city. Name, that's so. true. That's true. Family member, uh, Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Uh, okay. There they have good go. strawberries. Ah, I didn't, I didn't have any. Wow. I gotta go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I did get to take a brief trip down to new Orleans, just cup like an hour. It was just how the timing worked out, but what a beautiful city. Oh my goodness. It's very hot in the summer. Yeah. So. That, I did not enjoy that. It was especially incredibly in L- humid. LA living in LA and then going to new Orleans. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, I forget, like, it does get hot here, but the wet heat, you know, it's just worse. You know, I got I got married in New Orleans in June mm. 2016. And ah, at, ah, the, how's at that? the time, we lived in South Carolina, and so okay. it just seemed normal that, like, yeah. it's hot that's everywhere, it and that's how it is, and yeah. it's just what you do. And then we moved to L.A. about two years later, and then we experienced summer here, and I was like, oh, we were a-holes for having our <laughs> wedding in June, like... Everyone was sweating. Yeah, I mean, my soaked. husband's shirt was not even white. It was oh. just soaked. And the photographer was just, he told me like, oh, we can edit it out. We yeah. can try to brighten. I was like, no, like, don't worry How? about it. Like, yeah. It's fine. It's what he looked like. So um, at one point he just ended up taking the the white shirt off and then wearing his vest. And oh, then yeah. the tie was around his head. And so we had a good time. <laughs> that's more fun. It was anyway. more of a party yeah, a than wedding. a wedding. <laughs> After the ceremony's done, that's fair game. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. I, uh, I have to confess that, uh, I went to Cafe Dumont uh-huh. while I was Ooh, there. Fancy. Um, Dumont. yeah, I think Got some beignets. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. And I, uh, oh man, when I ordered, I said Cafe Olé wrong. I said, I was like, cafe au lat, or like something <laughs> bad like that. And the employee was just like, no. 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 I was like, nice no. try, Taurus. He was like, just, I don't even want to give this to you. No. But I was just like, oh no, nobody coached me. <laughs> well, I I joke that like French, you just drop the last letter or yeah. the last syllable, like cafe au lait. Yeah. Like, don't pronounce the cafe T. Au lait. Le yeah. Blanc. That's my maiden name. Le uh-huh. Blanc. Le Blanc. Yeah, yeah, you just drop the NC. Yeah. Le Blanc. <laughs> I don't speak French at all. Oh, I only know how that. to say laissez les bon temps rouler, and that's let yeah. the good times roll, because ah. that is like the ultimate sure. slogan of New Orleans. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow. Uh, for the record, I yes. just want to say for all our listeners here, I'm going to Mardi Gras. I'm going to Mardi Gras in two weeks. Mm. We do not parade down Bourbon Street. Okay, that's mm. a common misconception. Ah. The floats do not roll down Bourbon Street. I did not know you that. You do not have to go to Bourbon Street if you go to New Orleans. It's quite gross. Um, there's a lot of people around. It's yeah. a COVID nightmare, which I know yeah, we're past that. It. But um, there are lots of other places to go see than Bourbon Street at Mardi Gras time. So I just want to do that that slight pitch there. You heard it here first. Dana says there's only Bourbon Street. Got it. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for that tip. No, that is good advice, though, because I bet, I mean, someone with limited amounts of knowledge, I think Bourbon Street, and, like, that's it. Yes, and mm. I, I'm riding in a parade, too, an all-ladies wow, parade um, that rolls on Saturday. And I've had people ask, like, oh, so you roll down Bourbon Street. Like, how, what's that like? I'm like, no, ew, gross. Like, I... I think I have to, we're doing a luncheon that Friday and it's mm. around uh, the French Quarter, so I might have to step foot on Bourbon Street. Yeah. But um, other than that, I will not. That's good to know. That's good to know. All right. Next category, volleyball, vernacular, and slang. Uh, tell me about that, your experience with volleyball. 
Yeah, um, I used to, well, I played volleyball since the age of six. Wow. And then uh, played in high school and ended up tearing my ACL in my junior oh my year of high school, which, you know, ruined any kind of recruiting uh, chances. Yeah. And I was also a bit burned out at the time. Yeah, so I mean, playing from the age of six, yeah. Well, let's be clear. It was like bounce ball. <laughs> so the, the ball <laughs> oh, yeah, could that's bounce. True. What does that look like? The for ball could bounce playing? as many times until it just died on the floor. <laughs> so, which is terrible to watch. Yeah. It's fun to play as a yeah, kid. Yeah. It is horrible to watch I as look an adult. I've got a video of that, actually. I'm, I'm and I haven't actually heard of it curious. in many places besides New yeah. Orleans, so I don't know if that's oh, just okay. like a thing that they do. Yeah. And then when you get older, like 9- and 10-year-olds are doing bounce ball where it bounces once, and then you have mm, to hit it. It limits it, yeah. Yeah, so um, I huh. played that, and then I did club volleyball for um, forever, like yeah. 10 to 18 and then I played club volleyball in college, which was just like for fun. It yeah. wasn't the um, real intense volleyball, yeah. like the really good people volleyball. Mm. Um, and then I got into coaching after grad school. I wanted wow. to give back and just, I mean, I had I had some really good coaches and I had some really bad coaches. Sure. And my yeah. idea range. was like, I'm going to, I want to be a better coach than some of the coaches that I had. Yeah. And I don't know if I achieved that. Aww, um, I'm probably like... Some of the girls might be doing therapy over. <laughs> like that's what it's I worry about. Like, she was so mean to me. She wouldn't let me eat fried foods and uh, or dipping dots at the tournaments. Like, <laughs> but dipping dots—that's ice cream of the future, Dana. I know, but you can eat Please? that after the tournament is Please? over. You don't need that before a volleyball game. I understand you were 13 and 14. Your metabolism yeah. is very quick, but it is not going to serve you well fair, on the court. I, I played two years of volleyball in high school. I was not very good. I mostly rode the bench, but you know, I got a little action here and there. So I just, uh, I was like talking to people about it, especially like someone you are much more experienced than I was. So I was just like, ah, it's, it's, it's a good sport. It what? is. It's, it's a great experience. And yeah. it's, I love that California has like boys teams too, because yeah. that's not a huge thing out oh. in the South. Man, they're missing out. That's, I, know. I had so much fun. I'd never, I played in like PE, you know, and then I just uh, needed to play a sport to graduate. So I was like, yeah, volleyball. Okay. You had to play a sport to graduate? I think so. Yeah. I'd done some track here and there, and I was just not feeling that. That's so. super intense. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> that might not be accurate. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to remember, but I did it for two years. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what position did you play? I played. I played kind of everything except oh, okay. for setter. Um, oh, okay. When yeah, I was tough. I oh no, I, no, yeah, no, I don't no, have the you. hands or the discipline for setter. But yeah. when I was younger, I played middle because I was taller. Yeah. And then you everyone kind of grew up. Or, those pipeline <laughs> I, hits. I yeah. didn't. Um, so I, I switched to outside, which ah, okay. is more of like a well-rounded player. Yeah. I mean, that's generalizing. You can be a well-rounded player and play other positions, but. I really liked outside, mm. and then um, once I hurt my knee, I, well, <laughs> once I hurt my knee, and then tore my ACL again a year later, mm. ended up having three knee surgeries within two years. I said I'm not going to leave the ground yeah. anymore. Yeah, um, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it to jump and hit the volleyball. I can yeah, stay on the ground and hit the volleyball now, and I I did that. So I played. DS, def defensive specialist. Yeah, yeah. But then I started jumping again uh, and I tore my ACL again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like oh. seven months before my wedding. It was oh, a whole fun time. Seven months. Yeah. That's, a, that's an insane turnaround. It was, uh, it was a super fun, broke wow. time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man, um, I cannot imagine. So yeah, that's been like seven years ish. Yeah, so 2016. Yeah. Fingers crossed. It's um, Fingers crossed. 
were good. And I tried playing beach volleyball a few months ago and I didn't jump. Don't worry. Yeah. It's hard to jump. It's in a little tougher doing anyway. it at the beach anyway. Yeah. And it, I was so sore the next two days. Oh, I was yeah. like, what? My body's so old now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I need to, I need to jump back in. That might be a little rough. <laughs> hey, I'm always up for a beach day. Sure, um, sure. You know, it's not going to be pretty uh, and yeah, that's no, okay. I'll be covered in sand. And <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I'm really good, if the ball comes right to me, mm, yeah, that's yeah, like I, I that's know it's usually when I'm at my best as well. Right. Yeah. 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 But if I have to move and then if I have to chase the ball, forget it. It's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's tough on the sand. <laughs> Takes a little extra effort. All right. Uh, that final category, Dana, uh, I asked you about, um, public speaking. Why did I ask you about public speaking? Cause I, I know you know a thing or two, but why tell our audience? Cause I'm the master of toasts. Master of toasts. Right? <laughs> yes. Master of toasts. Uh, I, I've been in Toastmasters now for eight years, mm. eight plus I lose count now, but yeah. I joined originally because I was so scared of public speaking. Mm. I mean, I like doing something like this, uh, forget it. I would have never yeah. done it. For having my own podcast. Oh my God. Like, my face would have been so red and I would have had nightmares. I, w- yeah. I just would never have been able to do it. And, um, I would just, I would be so shaky up there pre Toastmasters, like just in school, having to do presentations yeah. and stuff. And then it followed me into my career and I was realizing I'm going to have to do a lot of presentations. And if I want to grow and succeed, I'm going to have to be better. Yeah, like I got to face this. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would be like red faced and shaky arms, shaky legs. My voice would be so shaky and I would be so in my head. I'd be so mm. worried. I, like if you were in my audience, I'd be like, oh, he's not smiling or like, oh, he's looking at his phone. Oh, oh no, he hates what I'm saying. Oh my God. And like, I would, yeah. I would forget what I like. I'd be so focused on, which is important to be focused on your audience, but to the point where I would just be in my head judging myself yeah. and it, it just, I needed help. So my, my company yeah. had a, a corporate Toastmasters club, ah. ended up joining that. It was so much fun. It was a really special group, um, the nicest people ever, super supportive too. And then I, I mean, I jumped right in. I ended up doing 10 speeches in a year. That was wow. my goal to do one speech a year. That's fantastic. Toastmasters length is about five to seven minute speeches. Pretty good speech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny now. I'm like, oh, that's not enough time. Like, <laughs> and, uh, that's why we have podcasts. So yeah. Right. And I, you know, in the podcast side tangent, I sit, I sit down and I'm like, okay, just record a 20 minute episode. Like yeah, the solo sure, episodes sure. are the hardest for me yeah. for some reason. And record a 20 minute one. It'll be fine. Mm. Like just get it done. And I end up talking for an hour. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. I think I need to work on my time management a bit, but yeah. there's a lot of side tangents and story holes. I got to go down. Yeah. Um, but I, I did need help with that as well. Like organization, um, I remember in college I had to do a speech 101 class. It was a required elective that you had yeah, to take. Same, and I was like, same. okay, I'm going to take it my sophomore year, get it over with. And uh, my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, we've been dating since college. Um, we both took it at the same time, but we refused to take it in the same class. Because <laughs> yeah, we're like, like, no, 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 I don't want you to be in there. I can't see, I can't let you see I, me be I that vulnerable. That. Yeah. yeah. I think that could be important. Yeah. 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 We might not have made it, had yeah. we? Yeah. That's a... A big choice. <laughs> hey, feedback on your speech today. No, no. Don't, I don't want to talk about it with you. Uh, yeah. It was good, but you were really red. Like, I noticed. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, we both went through the experience together, just different teachers. But yeah. my first class, 
my first speech we had to do it was a four minute speech on something that influenced you. I mean, the easiest topic, right? It's yeah, personal, yeah, like think- something that has influenced you. I'm 19 years old. I've got stuff. I've got yeah, knee yeah. problems. I had Hurricane Katrina problem. Like I had mm. problems. I had things to talk about. Yeah. So I decided to talk about Hurricane Katrina because it hit when I was a senior in high school. Mm. And uh, it was like, oh, four minutes. Like that's a lot of time. Yeah, you're like, I can do that. I yeah. can do that. Yeah, that'll fill. Well, um, I ended up speaking for 11 and a half minutes ah. <laughs> on, on uh, my experience with Hurricane Katrina. And I yeah. remember at first the audience being like, whoa, this, like, the story is really engaging. And yeah. then eventually like dying off and being like, oh, my God, she's still talking. <laughs> and there were no cues. Like, yeah, Toastmasters, yeah, they will give you cues they, of like your time via yeah, which is lights. Really helpful. Is very helpful. I don't remember timing cues, mm. but um, I did get a B minus. So the teacher must have felt very sorry for yeah. me. Um, I like that's really sad. That's really, really sad. long. Yeah, and I feel really bad for the speaker too because yeah. she's struggling. So I'm gonna give her a B minus because it's really yeah. hard to give a C for a speech on her. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's you're a very mean person. I think if you do that, <laughs> yeah. So um, that was my first like experience, and then it just got mm. worse. So Toastmasters made it better. Mm. And uh, was in it for a while. I mean, it it took me ten speeches to really feel comfortable. Sure, yeah. And then I would say it took me about three years to really let go of my notes. Like mm. I always wanted to bring index cards or my notes yeah, up. Yeah, have that anchor. I had to write out my speech all the time, mm. and I wouldn't necessarily practice, but I needed to write it out for organization's sake, and so I wouldn't ramble mm. that much. Um, and now with my improv training, I will say. Improv has just like leveled up my public speaking because it has made me not afraid of question and answer sessions and being put on the spot or forgetting a little bit of what I'm going to say. And now I don't write out speeches. I just make outlines and you can uh, fill in the gaps from there. Yeah. And then podcasts, I make outlines and clearly I might need to write out a little (laughs) bit more because I'm going over time, but um, it's just Toastmasters gave me that foundation sure. for public speaking, sure. gave me the confidence that I never knew I had. I never knew that was in me. So it just gave me this new level of confidence and uh, fearlessness to be up on stage. And then I think that foundation really helped me in improv, at least to try it. Because yeah, without absolutely. Toastmasters, without conquering my fear of public speaking, I don't think I try improv. Mm. Yeah. 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 Definitely. All right. So you've given us a nice little tangent here leading into improv. Well, I'm good at that. So thank you for filming. <laughs> were you expecting an hour episode? Because we're going to be here a little bit. Oh, don't worry, David. Don't worry. I got time. Uh, I hope you do. Uh, all right. So with that natural transition, and I, I thank you for sharing that, your experience with Toastmasters, because I think it's a really important like group that exists. Uh, like my dad's been a part of Toastmasters oh, for nice. a long time at his work, and I, I learned about it through him. I had never heard of it, and he told me about it. I was like, wow, that's really cool, and like, I think if I worked in a place that offered it, I think it would be something I I would definitely want to do. They're all yeah. over. I mean, the cool part is it is worldwide. Yeah. Uh, and it started, I believe, in Santa Ana. Oh, uh, nice. It was so the founding, yeah, the founding club that started it. And then I am currently in a club that was the 21st club oh, to wow. okay. start back and in like. You're on the 21st podcast episode, Dana. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It's a sign. And I am not 21 years old. Neither oh am I. God. It's okay. <laughs> what? But we can pretend to be. Uh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah it's, it, 
I love that it is worldwide and that it like transcends cultures yeah. and languages yeah. and they have a whole convention. I mean, you can get really into it. You don't have sure. to. I've uh, I've kind of stepped away and yeah. gotten really into improv instead just because that's new to me. Mm. But um yeah, it's it's helped a lot of people, myself yeah. included, yeah. and really it's like that exposure therapy. Like mm. if you're afraid, it'll help you to do just it. get yeah. up there, do it in a low stakes environment. It feels high stakes when you're nervous and scared. It feels really high stakes. But then when you do it for a while, you're like, oh, I'm going to practice my content here so that way when I deliver it yeah. in front of at my job or wherever. my job, uh, my audience, whoever I'm speaking to in a higher stake situation, I'm going to crush. Like, yeah. And that is what it's there for. And that's amazing. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. All right. So we've talked Toastmasters. We've talked New Orleans. We've talked volleyball. Now we got to talk some improv data. Yeah. So let me ask you this. When was the first time in your life you heard about or were exposed to improv? You know, I've been thinking about this. Yeah. I want I don't remember the year, but it's probably 2014, 2015. Oh, okay. Ish. Yeah. Um we my husband my boyfriend at the time, now husband, really liked Comedy Bang Bang. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The podcast. So we would listen to that and this is yeah, when it was the podcast. I think it used to be like a radio show or something. Yeah, yeah. Um so we listened to it as the podcast and everyone who was on it, well of course they improvised, but all the guests that were on it were improvisers yeah, too. Yeah, get all those like UCB folks on there. Yeah, and, and it's like, oh, I want to like that's so cool and I remember looking up classes. Mm. We lived in Columbia, South Carolina at the okay. time. And I looked up improv classes to get my boyfriend for the holidays and stuff. And there was nothing. I mean, nothing I could find, at least online. It was so sad. Yeah. And uh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, oh, there's this thing. Oh, we want to try it. Oh, we don't really have it too much around here. So, yeah, that was it. Um, And I mean, so Toastmasters, just to bring it back, Toastmasters. Yeah, sure. Masters of Toast. <laughs> they uh, they do table topics, mm. which is their form of improv. Yeah, so like an impromptu speech kind of thing. Impromptu question, yeah. So mm. you're you're asked a question, you're not prepared for it, you're not sure what they're going going to ask. You have one to two minutes to answer mm. the question. Okay, so that's good training. Yeah, yeah, it's kind and of like it's a primer. essentially improv. Yeah, and you know, it, Toastmasters they do a little contest, little mini contest within each club meeting and stuff. Oh, you vote cool. for your favorite answer, and usually the ones that have the most connection or vulnerability or humor will win. Yeah, um, yeah that the, makes sense. The club ribbon, the coveted club ribbon, <sighs> and got to get one. <laughs> get one. I, have a, yeah. I have a a stack. I have a nice stack of wow. them. Don't worry, <laughs> Master of Toasts ah, here. That's a well earned <laughs> title. And um, but yeah, so that's. That's my start to improv. But yeah, I was never called mm. improv. Yeah. So yeah. then uh, we move to, or we're here in LA doing our relocation trip, trying to find a place to live. Mm. Uh, my husband got a job out here. Okay. And uh, so we're scoping it out. We have five days to find a place to live, which yeah. is very scary. That's That sounds very scary. Very and, intense. And That's the times I've moved around LA, it has taken much longer than five days. You had to be ready. And I was local. Like <laughs> We only saw three places. It was kind of, it was like a House Hunters LA oh, edition. Yeah. Um, but no cameras following us around. Ah, mm. well, they're lost. Yeah. Um, and the second place we saw was like, oh, uh, we want this place. So, great. oh, man, that's great. So we had, an, we actually had an, an extra day and mm. it was a Monday and we were like, well, <gasps> let's go to UCB 
Franklin and go mm-hmm. see a show, mm-hmm. and it ended up being The Smokes, which um, Harold Knight, yeah, yeah, it was Harold Knight, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think I knew what Harold. I think I knew Harold was just something really intense. I don't yeah. know if yeah. I knew what a Harold was at yeah. that point. Um, and but we watched, and it was just like pure magic. I yeah. mean, and I, you know, had dreams of like I'm going to go see this every Monday. I'm going to go yeah, every week. Like, I will be there. Yeah. And I, I was not. Uh, so we moved in. Like June-ish, uh, 2018. Okay. I didn't sign up for my first improv class till January 2020. Mm. So it took that long. Yeah. And certainly there's like an adjustment period well, yeah, to living to in LA. Yeah. It doesn't take that long. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of fear sure, in, sure. in that. I went to like a two-hour improv workshop uh, February 2019, and I reported back to my husband. I'm like, that was so much fun. We need to go back, or yeah. we need to do a class. It'll yeah. be great. And um, we just never could like fully commit. Mm. But finally, um, this was at West Side Comedy. Finally, oh, yeah. they offered a uh, Cyber Monday code for after Thanksgiving, like yeah. $50 off. And we're like, deal. okay, yeah. there's money off. And we can do it on a Saturday. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let's just do it together. And uh, we took our first class January 2020, had our, our class show February 2020. <laughs> and then, of course, COVID hits. Wah, yeah, wah, you're wah. like, that was great. Uh, yep. And uh, then so all your improv momentum that you just started. Everything was uh, online after yeah. that. So we yeah. just kept rolling online. And it's not the same. Luckily, yeah. we, I think we had that like little taste yeah, uh, it came back for a second, and then they were like, gotcha. <laughs> well, even, like, we had the little taste in the beginning, like, in January, to know that oh, it yeah, isn't yeah. this terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I think if we had done it just online, I don't know if we would have kept going. Yeah, if you would have stayed around, you're like, oh, this is improv. Yeah. Uh, just, it keeps lagging out, and uh, our, our space work is going so poorly right. <laughs> over Zoom. Yeah, so yeah. I don't, um, you know, it's... It just, it is what it is. I mean, luckily we had it. Luckily it worked somewhat over Zoom because it definitely brought a bright spot into our lives. I know for many people, it brought some form of connection too and made a lot of friends doing it and stuff. So it wasn't all bad. It just was really hard and cringy sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, sure, sure. I've done a teeny bit of Zoom improv and the experiences I had, it, it was tough. It was definitely tough and I... Yeah, I don't, I don't miss it. So I'm very thankful that we can be here and do things like the show in person and the shows we do here at IFTP and the classes because it's, oh man, it's tremendous when we get to do that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, just doing shows online too and like you get none of that laughter feedback either. Yeah. Like, oh. It's just kind of silent and it's just you in your room to a webcam on a screen uh-huh. on your like 13-inch laptop. Like, <laughs> And I for one class of so the teacher would be like, okay, for edits, we're going to, you turn on your camera and you literally go edit. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, oh, how Everyone lame. was trying to figure it out. Yeah. How lame is that to be like, oh, edit? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. You can't sweep edit. You can't clap. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So when you started taking that, that first class, your, your impressions of improv, right? You had seen a Herald night, um, you had listened to Comedy Bang Bang. So how was that based off like expectation versus reality? How was that? I had very high expectations of mm. myself. And I don't know why, because I was doing something new. Mm. So I don't know why. I think it's the sports background, just <laughs> like high expectations yeah, to like overperform, outperform. I don't know. Um, but I, it, 
it was hard. I hmm. remember we would take it and, you know, doing it with my husband is nice and weird at mm. the same time. Cause it's very vulnerable. Yeah. Right. And you're, you know, you mess up, you you don't, you're not very funny. You don't feel funny yeah. either. So it's kind of hard to do it together, but then it's nice. Cause then we could after class be like, Oh, that exercise was hard. Oh, Oh, you were good in this. Mm. Oh no, I wasn't like <laughs> just the conversations we would have. And, um, you know, I was, I, was super in my head the whole time and just every scene felt cringy Mm. like every scene felt really 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 hard Mm. to do didn't feel funny i don't even remember getting laughs it just you know the probably the first four of eight classes was just like oh i should just quit (laughs) while i'm ahead yeah like this is just and you you know you watch everyone else and it's looks easy for them. And I'm, I'm certainly like, I give them grace. They mess up or it's like, Oh, that was fine. Like, even if it wasn't funny, like that was fine. But if it's me, it's like, Oh my God, that was horrible. (laughs) That was awful. And I don't know why I do that. And I mean, I think it's normal. I think we all do that, but I don't know why. We're such harsh critics to ourselves. I don't know why. Like I just be nice. Yeah. Just be nice. Give yourself a chance. Well, and the the cool thing that our instructor did at the end of 101 and I have not seen any other instructor do it and I, I get maybe it's a 101 thing but mm. he had a he did a hot seat and mm. so he he put a seat out and he said okay one by one you're going to sit in that hot seat and everyone is going to going to go around mm. and say what your strengths are and what yeah. they like about your scene work yeah, and kind your of self-reflect yeah and hearing that like people would say stuff that I would have never complimented myself on mm. and it was just really nice and it was nice to hear and then it was nice to do it to others because I think sometimes when you first starting with an improv and I still do this now I have a bad scene with someone and I, I want to like text them later I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry I, I totally no butted your scene I didn't start with a soft yes whatever blah 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 mm. and it's like, no, I don't need to do that. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, like hearing people say, Oh, you're, you're good at this. And then also being able to tell people you're really funny here. And I loved when you had this scene, mm. like, it's stuff that you, people might not share. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have never heard of doing something like that. So I love the idea of that exercise. Hot seat. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I want to <laughs> find a way to someday implement that. Yeah, I think something. you need to be maybe with the group for a little bit. Yeah, but you got to build up to it. Yeah. First class. All right, everybody. <laughs> I know we all just seat. met. What's your name again? Well, get up there. <laughs> I've only taken one acting class mm. so far, and I it's I want to get do more and yeah. get more into like Meisner and stuff. I, oh, I, I think yeah. it'll help. I know you know all the stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it would help my improv a lot to be more emotional and play more character work. Yeah. But I took one class, and it was out in Santa Monica. They've since moved, and mm. it was like an audition taping class. Mm. I didn't really mm. learn a whole lot. I won't say the theater. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not selling it here. Put him on blast, Dana. No. <laughs> and, but what was your teacher's the, name? No. He, he did that. He did a hot seat in the first class, but it was wow. like, share your, your story. Like, why are you here? What are oh, you trying to get? Yeah, yeah. And the first guy that went on, oh, Uh-oh. my God. 
he did like a one man show. <laughs> oh, he told his whole life story wow. and just all these tragedies. And I feel like I don't mean to laugh. But like he overcame some stuff. Okay? Yeah, yeah, he'd been through it. But yeah. he talked for like the first hour, and there were like nine of us still left to go. So it's like he just really monopolized that time. So yeah. the next two hours were real combined. Eek. We didn't end up doing any acting oh, or nice. auditioning the uh, whole first class. So, oh. you know, that's what time you spend money. your money on sometimes yeah. in these classes. Yeah. Yeah. Those can be tough. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good for him. Well, I hope he's working on writing it, turning it into a script. I and- think he was, I don't know where it's gone since okay. then, but okay. he was, he's working through some stuff, well, but I will say, okay, for, you know, we, we kind of laughed at that. Like, Oh, we didn't really do any acting work that time. Yeah. We actually really bonded as a group. Yeah. Probably because, because of, that. of that. So there's something to that hot seat yeah. technique. There's probably a balance you can find where it's like, maybe everyone has a, like an appropriate amount of right. time like, to share. I'm set a timer. You get five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Setting that expectation. <laughs> and uh, Dana, you cannot fit your whole life story, your whole Katrina story in five minutes. Okay. Dana, so you're going to have try. to condense it a little bit now. All right. Don't go down the story hole, Dana. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you finished that first class. Uh, something weird happens in March 2020. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't really happened. know what. Um, I want to ask this question uh, about your experience improv before you got to IFTP, and then we'll get to the IFTP chapters. Yeah. Uh, I rag on Zoom improv a lot, but I want to ask if you think in your experience, were there some benefits or something you felt that was unique or that you could learn from Zoom improv that maybe you sometimes miss out on doing improv in person? You definitely have to, I mean, listening comes in both forms, both virtual and in person. You know, if you can do space work mm. on virtual, um, you you will be a space work master yeah. in person. Yeah. Uh, I always found it very hard to do space work in person or um, on virtual because it's like, I'm in my room, like I'm surrounded by books like I just couldn't really let go yeah of that yeah. space and then you know if you turned then you weren't facing the camera and I had like one teacher that was like that's cool do that and then another teacher's like what are you doing you're not facing the camera oh no <laughs> you're like well who do I believe <laughs> right and uh, I mean the listening because there's there's a lot of distractions at home yeah. too yeah because you're at home yeah and then even sometimes I remember doing a scene this is very early on but I have like little stuffed animals on my bed because I'm a 30 something year old adult that still has stuffed animals on their bed. Yeah, why not? And, and I think I was yelling about like squishy, the dolphin or something, mm. um, or I, Nari, the narwhal, but maybe uh, its Nari name was uh, squishy at the time. <laughs> and I just remember yelling like squishy, squishy. And I'm like, Oh, the neighbors. Like, yeah. Cause I'm yeah. in a small apartment. Sure, like sure, sure. what are the neighbors thinking yeah, right like, now? What in the heck is going on over and, there? So it does put you in your head. Yeah. You get a, a little, little self-conscious. Bit. And so if you can let go of that, I mean, I think that's what, um, doing improv virtually at least gave me a, a foundation of like getting out of your head. Cause mm. like the neighbors are really thinking we're crazy people at this point, <laughs> listening and, um, you know, being able to um, do your space work. I will add, I'm sorry, I'm going in a roundabout way of answering this question. Walk-ons become very important virtually. Yeah. But I feel like when you're in person, it's an easier crutch to do a Mm walk-on. And it might not always be, I don't want to say thought through, because improv, you're in the moment, you're kind of going with that first thought. 
But online, it's like, okay, if I come in here, <laughs> I have to be really clear yes. with this walk-on. Yeah, what I'm adding to the scene. What am I adding to the scene here? Not so much is it worth it, but like, is this going to add mm-hmm. value? And how am I going to show them? Because sometimes you'll do a walk-on and just like pretend like you're washing dishes or pouring a drink or something. You may not say anything. How can you convey that online? Yeah. So I think, you know, online really trains you to have important and effective walk-ons. Yeah, clear, maybe mm-hmm. concise, and just to the point. Yeah, and that, I mean, to that point, uh, initiations too, clear mm. initiations because you don't, you're not really able to establish the world. So there are a lot of benefits to virtual, at least in laying the foundation. And yeah. then when I came back to doing in person at IFTP and stuff, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like hearing yeah. laughter, like how do you. Yeah, adjusting focus to that? those elements. So there's another learning curve that comes with it. But I will say virtual gives you a nice foundation if that's all you have. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. So it's the pandemic. You're working your way through these online classes. And eventually, how did you find your way to IFTP? You know, that is a good question. I think yeah. I I think I was on a mad search for in-person improv classes. I was as well. Because I, I joined, I think, just maybe a month or two before you. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I remember, thought you had just, I thought you'd been in it forever, the long no, haul. No, just, I think I, September 2021 is when oh. I started. Like, I, I found it in August, and then I signed up for the September classes. Okay, Something okay. Like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's funny how, like, impressions work. Cause yeah. I, I mean, you were very comfortable there. I know you have an acting background now. Yeah. I didn't know that then. And so yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, he's been doing this forever. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. how comfortable you were. So, uh, great job. All right, well, thank you. There. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah, because you joined the Wednesday class, and that's the one I was in, I think. And I remember, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, thank you. I'm going to accept that compliment. Yeah, you were great. You were coming in. <laughs> I'm going to own it and accept it. You were an excellent addition to our class. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And um, I will say, side tangent doing improv in masks is still hard. It is. Uh, it is not the most fun thing to do, yeah. but it is better than the alternative of Zoom prov. 100% so. agree. That's why as soon as I found out I have to be, I was like, I'm in. It's, I can go there. Yeah, like, okay, I can wear a mask. That's fine, whatever. But yeah, I, honestly, it probably was a mad Google search. Okay, yeah. they're still online. They're still online. Oh, in-person classes. Have to wear a mask, vaccination status, sure, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. And I really, I do like the way it is very differently set up from the uh, courses. You know, you do a 101 and 201 at most theaters. Yeah. But I do like the difference of like having a monthly, like a day, you know, every Wednesday I'm going to go train improv, I'm going to go do it. And we're not so much doing a curriculum of sorts, but like, we get better every time we come. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of the long term versus like you got eight weeks and you better get this by the end of eight weeks. Otherwise you got to do it again. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes things come up. I do like how it's flexible. Like, you know, there's a Wednesday yeah. you can't make, I'll come to a Tuesday class and yeah, then you, you get to meet, makeup. Yeah. meet new people. And you're like, Oh, hi, new people. I, I didn't, I was just coming to Wednesdays. Didn't know you were here. This is cool. Yeah. You come in and you're like, wow, this, it's like a whole different world in here, but everybody's still a part of the same larger overall organization. Yeah. And I, one thing I really appreciate about it, I've taken a lot of Matt's classes. I've taken some of Jamie's classes too. Mm. So, um, I don't have experience with the other instructors, but 
one thing I really like that Matt does is the gray spacing, which mm. I still struggle with a bit. So I actually, I probably need to come back and work We're on gonna the, put that on display later, <laughs> work on the gray spacing a bit. Yeah. Cause I just, sometimes like I, I notice this and I've never gotten a note on it, but I like, I'll, I'll pause. Maybe it's the public speaking me. Like I'll pause for like, cause I'm thinking, but I'll try to make yeah. it look like dramatic or yeah, theatrical, yeah, you but like, try and get it to, you can tell, you can just tell, <laughs> I don't play it off that well. Yeah. So it's like just gray space and go. And, um, I like that term and I haven't really heard that term gray spacing yeah. anywhere else. So I, I do appreciate that training here. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Wow. Okay. So you did, you did classes at IFTP for a while and, uh, what I kind of want to turn this to is some of the research I did reading about you a little bit, oh, scary. taking a look at your website, looking at your LinkedIn. <laughs> some of my favorite parts of the podcast. I love digging into everybody who comes on, just like learning about them. Um, because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you take a lot of the skills that you learn in improv and put them into corporate settings. Um, and you work with businesses, right, to kind of help them and give them some coaching, whether that's on public speaking or um, just the level of comfortability in a Zoom meeting or an in-person meeting, which I think is is really important as someone who does Zoom meetings for work and uh, does in-person meetings for work and, like, really setting the tone. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd just love to hear about your experience and your work doing that because I love that idea, and I... I wish we could get some of that at my work. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Every every place can use it. Yeah. And, uh, so this is, it's a side business for me. I'm working on making it a full-time yeah, business. Awesome. But yeah, my business is called Improbably Speaking. Mm-hmm. And Great name. It, it, I know, right? It's like public speaking and improv. Improbably speaking, hmm, I'm making improbably a word now. It mm. is not currently a word. It yeah. is now. But um, I really came to fruition because of the pandemic, you know, mm. watching these Zoom webinars and just <sighs> wanting to gouge my eyes out because there's, that would be the better alternative than having to watch and listen to this boring webinar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do think, I mean, most people have improved. I mean, we're all going through the same thing. We're all figuring out Zoom. Yeah. So there's a little bit of grace there. But, it, you know, after a while, it just became like these talking heads. And yes. it's like, you know... We could really make Zoom a, a lot more fun. And yeah. I, I was taking these Zoom improv classes, and it's like, okay, I can bring some of these exercises and skills into Zoom and just and play, too. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I discovered that there's this whole world of applied improv. Mm. And I know Matt does it. I know IFTP offers yeah, corporate the corporate trainings. trainings, too. And they've been doing it a lot longer than me. They do it very well. But, you know, it's still kind of a niche thing, this applied mm. improv. And yeah. I, I think it's gaining a lot of traction and it's growing. But, um, you know, we just, work is boring. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's to, why it's work. And yeah. fe- uh, well, I know, but yeah. my, It doesn't have to be. Yeah, my opinion is it, you can infuse some play into work. And I'm not mm. saying you have to play for eight hours. Oh, I'm going to tomorrow, Dana. <laughs> you heard it. I'm going to play all day tomorrow. We'll see if I have a job next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying to go rogue and say yes and and light the whole place on fire either. Yeah. But a little play, 30 to thirty minutes to 60 minutes of play. Yeah. And and I don't mean like playing with blocks, like connecting with your coworkers, yeah. which you can do on Zoom. Yeah. Going into breakout rooms, doing these exercises is super fun and then it recharges you and it it like 
refreshes the batteries and you're like, oh, wait, I have this idea now. Like you've got the creative juices going. Yeah. Whereas if you sat on a, a webinar where the person just went, wah, 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 Oh, here's a tip for this. Wah, wah, wah. It's like you get nothing out of that. You get so much more when you play and experience the exercise. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I've been in so many trainings, um, mm-hmm. like pre-COVID, doing trainings at work and stuff, just sitting there, and the yep. instructor yep. will say, okay, let's break out into groups and role play <sighs> something. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's interesting, right? Because role yeah. play that has play in it. Yeah, but. When it's not set up in a fun way, when it's yeah. like, let's dialogue this scenario. Like, yeah. Turn ugh. to your partner and dialogue the following scenario. Right. <laughs> let's pretend like you're angry and you have to diffuse the situation. I've never done anger management for the record, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not fun. So yeah. these improv exercises, it puts it in like a low stakes situation where you might not ever be like I, there's an exercise called the time traveler exercise where mm. you pretend you're a time traveler. I have to explain to you what a cell phone is ah. and you're a time traveler. So you're going to be like, I'll say, Oh, well there's buttons and I can call people. And you're like buttons, buttons on, on my shirt. Oh yes. Fold my coats. <laughs> no, no, no. Like they're buttons and then they'll, it'll dial and then I'll be able to talk to somebody. Oh, you mean face to face? Of course. I can talk face to face on the camera. The camera? Yes, uh, camera where it, you take a you take a picture of yourself. It like freezes yourself in time. Uh, yes, an oil painting. Yes. Right. It's like a a digital oil painting. Right. So I'm going. Right. I'm just going down the rabbit hole. I'm really struggling yeah, here. Yeah, I'm not doing a good yeah. job. Um, you're yeah. you're even more confused. I've thrown yeah. more terms at you yeah. now. But that's the fun of it. Right. Yeah. So, you, you know, you do that for two to three minutes, let people oh, experience that's, that's that. Awesome. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, what did you, what did you learn? What did, you know, well, I learned yeah. that I shouldn't mention buttons and camera and digital. Yeah. Yeah. Like I should take it slow, keep it simple. And, but I didn't get frustrated. Mm. So that's always my lesson learned with that yeah. exercise is like, yeah. I didn't get frustrated with you, but if you're my grandma trying to use a cell phone, I'm like, grandma, come on and get it. I can't <laughs> believe you don't know how to use a yeah. cell phone. I've shown you 10 times. And she is a, a time traveler. Like yeah. she lived in the twenties and rest in peace yeah. grandma. But like she lived in the twenties and she grew up in a different era. Yeah. She doesn't, she didn't know what a cell phone yeah, was. She didn't need to. And she didn't need to, but I did not show her the same empathy that mm. I just showed you yeah. as the time traveler. So it's uh. recognizing like, how can we show empathy to people of different cultures, understandings, yeah. experiences? Yeah. People don't live in our heads. They don't have the same experiences as us. Mm. How can we be nicer and more empathetic when we communicate. So that mm. exercise is all about communication. Way more fun than like, let's dialogue how to be empathetic when we talk to people. Oh, yeah. So, right, like it's yeah. just infusing play, but you learn more, you you gain more from it. And honestly, like it's just like work is boring. Let's yeah. make it more fun. Yeah. Let's make, and you know, people aren't stepping up and sharing their voices. They're not sharing what they think whether they're scared, they don't feel psychologically safe at work. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're there's not a, invested. They're not invested. So, you know, how can we change that? How can you, 
you know, allow them a chance to connect with people through these silly exercises. Yeah, they're super silly. Mm. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to do some hard hitting exercises here, mm. but the silliness is where you find the connection, where you find the fun and you find the lessons learned. Too. Yeah. yeah. I thinking back to a meeting I had just last week at work where at the end of the meeting, we broke out into breakout rooms and we were given a list of discussion questions that were like, you need to email a team member uh, a question or it was basically like an email based scenario of like, what's the best way to communicate to your team member this specific information? And it's just like a bunch of, you know, corporate questions like that. And uh, Hi, John. It, it, I'm so sorry to bother you, and I uh, yeah. apologies for the delayed response. Yeah, here. like that. that I was, hope you're doing super well. I hope yeah. you're having a nice new year. That's we could how, circle back. You know, it's like circle back, touch base. You know, I want to table this discussion yes. later next week. Yeah, it's all that jargon. And, yeah, and like you didn't even get to what you no, were trying to no. Email. And it's just so there's so much fluff to everything. And uh, I mean, thank God, like I was with one of my coworkers who was sitting next to me at his desk and then like the other people were like generally, you know, a little more fun. So it was a fun breakout room, but that's just because of the people in there. But I know for some of those other breakout rooms, they're probably like, okay, so when you emailed your, you know, blah, 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 or who should you contact when you have an issue with payroll, you know, like just my... I need help, Dana. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, here, here's the thing. We're yeah. all very social beings, but we need a yeah. little guidance. So yeah. just like even starting the discussion, sometimes it's like, oh, uh, who's going to start this? Who's going to say yeah. the first thing in this yeah. breakout room? Like you need to give guidance there. Just yeah. establish that like psychological safety of who's going to start the discussion first. So it mm-hmm. might be like person with the shortest hair, person with the last name closest to Z. Yeah. We'll start talking first yeah. and we'll do this first. That way there ha- isn't that awkward. Like, Ooh. then you know your place. You're like, okay, Oh, I'm going to go next. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's so simple, right? We don't even yeah. think through that. Cause we think, Oh, we're adults. Like someone will step up yes. forward. And then, but it's like, yeah, let's just cut that out and not have anyone stress about it. Yeah. And there are, there's a lot of breakout room fatigue now yes. too. So sometimes now when you say breakout rooms, people are like, Oh God. Yeah. So you have to allow that to of like, you don't have to go in the breakout rooms. I do wellness presentations as mm. well, where I say like, if you want to go in the breakout room and, and discuss um, and share like what your takeaways were, you can, or you can stay back and journal and reflect and giving people the option yeah. to do that is very important. Too. Yeah. I, I was a teacher during the deepest parts of the pandemic and Ooh. at minimum I would do at least five separate zoom calls a day, each lasting at least 30 minutes, if not more. And I am done. I'm done data. I'm done. I'm, so I can, I can't imagine the that. fact that they're still happening. Uh, I, I stepped away from teaching last year, but I, I still am in the related to it and still doing zoom calls because of that. And I'm just like, I have such thin patience now. Cause I'm like, man, we are about to hit three years since COVID started. Y'all got to figure out and be good at zoom. Like it that kills is so me. True. It kills That's- me. That's it's, very true. I think and, about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it just, yeah, there's ways to make more connections yeah. and stuff. And, and there's a time and a place. So sometimes there's webinars. I watch a lot of webinars and yeah, stuff sure. at work. Um, 
like informational and sometimes yeah those are a little different providing information you have to get through the slides yep. you can break away from the slides though no like, you have to read what's exactly no, you on don't there. have to you can break away you can share a story or two you can be a little personal you can be mm-hmm. vulnerable that's what i'm gonna hear if you're trying to read on the slide i'm like oh god like yeah. i've already checked out yeah yeah so yeah it's just that's where it really started was uh, making it more fun and engaging for people. Yeah, and it's important. just grown into, I, I do wellness for my full-time job. I'm a wellness consultant. So mm. I help companies with their employee wellness programs. Mm. And it was seen like, okay, this improv stuff actually connects to wellness mm. too. So there's whole, there's a whole yeah. like improv for self-care mm. too. So like, and it's, you know, we think of self-care, like you have to exercise and you have to eat right and you must journal and yeah. take care of your mental health and, and sleep. And sure, those are excellent self-care activities. But what if we just say there's, you know, an exercise on Zoom um, where we, we play ping pong with imaginary ping pong paddles. Okay. So that like in my hand, there's a ping pong paddle, there's a ball, and we're just going to play ping pong. Yes, I'm making full-grown adults play imaginary Good, ping they pong should. over Zoom. Yeah. And the lesson, the takeaway, there are multiple, but the big takeaway there is getting out of your head and into your body. Yeah. AKA exercising, yeah. being physically like, active. Yeah. So what if we you know, if you're scared or you don't like the term exercise, you've got a lot of triggers around it. Yeah. I understand. Let's not call it exercise. Let's call it get out of your head and into your body. Dance around, walk around, like do whatever you need to, Mm. to get out of your head, which is going crazy right now, (laughs) and get into your body, get more present into what you're feeling in your body. Mm. So it's that letting go of perfection. Um, That is certainly a (laughs) self-care tactic Mm. too. Um, We get so caught up in like, having the perfect self-care activities. I've got to sleep for seven to nine hours and I've got to get 150 yeah. minutes of exercise every week, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, let's yeah. pump the brakes and yeah. just be a little nicer to ourselves, let go of perfection. And we actually might do those things mm. if we're not so hard on ourselves too. Yeah. And then creativity, Yeah. right? Being creative is a self-care activity. Oh Yeah. So, but we don't label it like that or, you know, it's just not the traditional way of thinking. So improv and wellness definitely connect improv and public speaking definitely connect. Uh, The whole world of applied improv is, is amazing Mm. too. And um, medical improv is a huge thing. Mm. Now there are research papers on medical improv and how they're training medical students now and um, doctors, nurses, people who work in hospitals, to interact better with patients using these skills mm. of improv. I mean, Matt does an exercise that we've done in IFTP where it's a last letter, first letter. Yeah. Or headlines. Sometimes we do like headlines, yeah. but yeah. the last letter that you end on is how you start your headline or your, your phrase, your mm. sentence. Mm-hmm. It's a great listening skill. Yeah. Because you're paying attention because you have to catch that letter. Otherwise, you you won't have anything to say at all. And you can't prep ahead of time. Nope. <laughs> so you might you might be like, okay, E, excellent, F, friend. I mean, yeah. you could certainly have a list, yeah. but that's not going to serve you that well because yeah. you can't, like, you just got to trust your skills. That's a great listening exercise that they can do in medical mm. improv to help with listening skills. Yeah. So it's just so cool how far it spans. I... You mentioning medical improv just like triggered a memory. 
um, not in the bad trigger, just like <laughs> remembering. Um, when I was in college, I had an opportunity a couple of times, like the nursing department, they had opportunities for actors and I was an acting student to like come in and play roles as patients. And we would work with yes. the nursing students. My friend does that, which was, I had a lot of fun and I got a little bit of money, which was good because I was a college student. And I remember I, I really enjoyed that because, you know, you want to take it seriously because you're like, these are the future healthcare workers of America. Right. We need them to be good. Right. So I, I have to take this seriously. And it, it was a really interesting experience getting to, you know, play, give certain diagnosis and symptoms and that you'd have to act out and commit to. So I guess that's maybe an example of that. It is for yeah. sure. I have a friend that does it. She tells me about it all the time. She has mm. to play like a pregnant lady and a schizophrenic. And mm. wow. I mean, she and she takes range. it very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and she, I mean, does so well that some of the students are like, "Oh, when are you due?" Like, <laughs> she's like, "No, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not expecting. Like, I never what? will be." Like, <laughs> due to come back here? Oh, <laughs> yeah. like next week probably. Yeah. But I, I, I hear stories and yeah. it sounds really fun. Yeah. Although I would worry I would break because I'm, I just laugh all the time. So yeah. it's like. Trying hard not to break. Did yeah. you, you really, you kept it serious. I think I, I think I held it down. Maybe the first couple, like where I was a little shaky. Cause I was like, you feel a little nervous. Cause you're like, I'm playing. They're not, this is real for them. Right. And for me, I'm coming in to act as this person. So, but I think once I got over that and got into it, it, it gets a little easier as the performer, you know, as the patient. Right. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I forgot about that. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so I got a couple more questions for you before we get to our games. Yeah. Um, what do you think, or how do you kind of, when working in that corporate environment, what are some of the hurdles that you need to overcome for people who are, you know, if you're in a corporate setting, there's probably a lot of people who haven't done or aren't interested in improv. So how do you, you know, how do you bridge those gaps? I guess. Sometimes I worry of that, like, you know, the, just bringing improv into a, a group of people who don't want to do improv is a kind of hard yes. situation to walk into. But I think, and I think that's why a lot of improvisers, maybe comedic improvisers, performative performance improvisers don't get into the applied improv world because of that. Mm. But I think because I'm in the corporate world and I'm like, these presentations are so boring. We've yeah. got to make them more fun. It is, it is more fun for me, and I can see the value in bringing this to teams. Um, psychological safety is a big first thing, and that's a, it's a pretty big buzzword now. Mm. It's mm-hmm. kind of like burnout's a big buzzword, <laughs> rightfully so, um, yeah. for sure. I'm not judging it. It's just it's a big buzzword. Psychological safety is becoming a big, big buzzword as yep. well, and that is just establishing, hey, I'm not going to make you come up and do two-person scenes mm. in front of this group you will not look silly. Well, I'll take that back. Like you'll do some silly stuff, but it, everyone will be doing it with you. So you won't mm. be the only one. Yeah. You don't ever have to be funny. I know a lot of people have seen whose line is it anyway. Yeah. So they're like, like oh, I'm not Wayne Brady. I'm not yeah. Colin Mockery. Uh, yeah. I'm not Ryan Styles. Like yeah. I'm not funny. You don't have to be. Yeah. So my rules are say the first thing that comes to your mind. So don't think of the best answer. Say the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> Two, keep it safe for work. So if the first thing that comes to your mind is oh, yeah. not uh, not safe for work, <laughs> then say the second thing that yeah, comes yeah, to yeah. your mind. <laughs> HR, HR, HR. Right. Yeah. I've never had an issue. I just, I always kind of make that joke. Yeah. Um, 
but just to say like, let's keep it safe for work. Hey, your joke was so good. HR wants to hear it uh, right this way. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, number three, be present mm. and allow yourself to be a beginner. So you really can't ah, multitask, yeah. especially Zoom. People are probably thinking they can check their email. Yeah. It's like, no. I'll tap. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I got Slack. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're not going to be able to with yeah. all the exercises we're doing. So Which be present. Kind of singular focus. Yeah, and and allow yourself to be a beginner. You might not be good at these exercises, mm. and, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Just try. And then four, have fun. Enjoy yeah. yourself. Enjoy your time. So setting those ground rules. Sometimes I do a meditation. I have mm. a whole, like, jacket of judgment uh, meditation uh, where that good. we like yeah. visualize taking off this jacket of judgment of ourselves, of others. Mm. Um, it depends on the timing that I have, but I'll do that. And just really setting the stage of like, you do not have to be funny. Yeah. Honestly, the funny comes when you are present and when you just respond naturally to the, your scene partner. Mm. Mm. So, you know, setting that up front is so important <laughs> and, it's it takes about 10 minutes at least yeah. to set that psychological sure. safety. So if it's an hour training, I really only have like 35 minutes to do exercises tight. Yeah. because like 10 minutes to set the safety, you know, you know, I talk a lot, so I yeah. can't really condense it. Yeah. Well, it's important too. Like if you don't have that, then the rest might be a wash. Yeah, exactly. That too. And, and then probably three to four exercises and then closing like debrief, Try to debrief after each exercise. When I first started, I was like, I just want to have fun and I want to do all the games yeah, and I want yeah. people to experience all the Let's games. Let's go, people. Yeah. But it's like, no, the lessons learned are actually in the sharing, mm, yeah, in the, the debrief. After. Yeah. So I actually, I, I do value that time mm. more. And if it takes a while, if we have to skip an exercise, we have to skip an exercise. It's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, because somebody's sharing what they, uh, took away from that exercise um, might be something different than they were thinking. And then they hear it and they glean something from it. So it's important to have that time to share. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, you end and share a kind of key takeaways and the survey link and try to end on time, which is always a hard thing for me yeah, <laughs> to yeah. do because I want to have fun. But yeah, just establishing that and letting people know, you know, you're not going to be, on stage by yourself or anything. It's a lot of group work. If yeah. I'm running out of time, I might ask for volunteers for something mm. like a, you know, like a one word story yeah. or yeah. Um, something pretty easy. Um, but they'll never be up there just with two people doing scene <laughs> yeah. work. Like we're used to All right, uh, one word suggestion onion go. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. So it's a lot of short form games. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You want to give a lot of structure. So then, you know, it's like, I think in that situation, right, it's more like T-ball, where mm -hmm. like, hey, we want to give you a support, and we want to see you succeed. And a lot of applied improvisers, I, I don't know what Matt does, because he has IFTP as the business name, but... It's full of secrets, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of applied improvisers won't even put improv in the name. Mm. They'll just say what the takeaway is, like... They can scare people. Empathy for uh, communication skills, mm. or... Um, better resilience or, you know, um, self-care activities yeah. or non-traditional self-care activities. So, you know, I could certainly think of yeah, a better lots title. Of different, but like alternate names. Yeah. So that improv isn't in the name. And then you just say we're running exercises and then you don't have to have the improv. But listen, I have a business called Improbly Speaking, so yeah. I'm not getting away from it. I'm going to yeah. like 
double down on that. I like that though. You own it. You're like, no, this is what we do and what we're about. Yeah. And I, I will say a little side tangent. There is uh, the Applied Improv Network, AIN. Mm. Um, they are amazing. Um, I mean, all improvisers are amazing and willing to share and help and the whole yeah. yes and. And they have taken that and formed Applied Improv Network where they do every Friday, they have multiple open space groups, but every Friday, at least Pacific time, it works better for me. <laughs> they have a, they'll get like a zoom group, 30, 20 to 30 people that join and you can practice different exercises. Oh, that's cool. So for the hour and it's a whole, like you can share your gifts or you can give a gift and what you want to work on and lead a breakout room. Yeah. And it could be like, I want to practice this exercise or, Hey, I'm looking for more like self-care activities. And yeah. it's all these people with all this different experience that joins these groups and will share freely, you yeah. know, and we're all, we yeah, all have businesses. Awesome. We're all kind of competing against each other if we think about it. Yeah. But there's so much room to go around that no one ever says that. And it's all, you know, if you get better, you have a, you give a better reputation of improv, which then want, they may, it helps to, everybody. Yeah. It does. Rising tide lifts all ships, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, such a cool world to be a part of. Mm, that's really cool. I, I want to learn more about that. I'm going to do some research, Dana. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So second to last question, what do you think so far has been the impact of improv in your life? And this could be a doozy. Cause that's a big question, <laughs> but however you want to put it, well, um, it's, I don't like the term life changing because I think it gets overused sure, sure. in society. Yeah. That queso I had yesterday, life changing. Life changing. Yeah. Those, <laughs> those street tacos. Oh, mwah, yeah. life changing. I, yeah. I often joke that I'm like, my life is separated into two periods before I had that queso and after I had that queso. <laughs> and like, that's so not true, you know, but I, I love joking like that because you're right. We do overuse some things like that. But to be honest, so I use the term game changing okay, for improv. Yeah. It really has been yeah. life changing, but I don't want to I don't want you to think I'm exaggerating here. It has been game changing. Like again, Toastmasters had that foundation of public speaking and then improv just like leveled it up to this fearlessness. I'm in a musical improv class wow. right now. I, uh, I had my first one on Saturday. I always wanted to try one of those. Oh, you would be fantastic I at don't it. Know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've done musical theater. You yeah. would just crush. The fact that I've signed up for a musical yeah, improv that's, class. That's I'm not another a level than like just improv. It's like, I'm what hoping, if we sing? I'm hoping it'll help me in that like, like, okay, I did musical improv. I could do anything now. Yeah. Oh, improv. absolutely. <laughs> I think so. Hope. Yeah. Um, but I don't like five years ago, I wasn't doing any of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was doing Toastmasters, so I, I was getting out of my comfort zone a yeah, bit. You're kind of in orbit. Yeah. But like, I wasn't doing any of this. Yeah, so now you're... I'm just, yeah, I've jumped in. I'm following the fear. And if, mm. if it scares me, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. Yeah. And really there's no risk to taking a class of any sort no. other than just like, having to sit in the hot seat and listen to a guy speak on his life yeah, story yeah. for an hour. But um, on the list is stand-up, too, which yeah. stand-up scares the hell out of me. Yeah. And, and that's why I need to do it, yeah. to try it. I, I think you should. Yeah. yeah I took and, one class, and it's, yeah, it, you push yourself. Are, so are you one and done, or will you keep going? I 
I think for me, it wasn't that I didn't like it. It just doesn't scratch the itch the same way that something like improv does. Um, and also it's hard. <laughs> like it takes, I, yeah, I think I just need to do it more. It's one of those things like I'm not very good at it yet. Obviously I'm not. I took one class, you know? Right. Right. And I think, I think I'd like to come back around to it one day. Just, well, and that's a good point. If it, yeah. you know, it may not be the worst thing ever, just might not scratch the itch that, yeah. you know, you want to keep going and that's fine yeah. too. But yeah, I just, the fact that I'm not afraid to sign up for these classes anymore is game changing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, my coworkers recognize it mm. because I'm like, I'm not afraid to step up and do stuff anymore. Yeah. I'm, take the lead and- yeah um, it, in my personal life, I'm really trying to work on my perfectionism mm. and I'm recognizing, you know, I'm, I have a podcast now. It is actually chronicling my improv journey mm. through the, like what I've learned in the process. And I didn't, that wasn't the original intention. Yeah, The original intention was to kind of show how improv shows up in all of our lives, no matter what job you do. And I, I still focus on that, but it's kind of turning into just me, documenting how I'm, I'm progressing in my improv journey. And I I don't start the podcast without improv, of course, (laughs) but I don't, I don't have the confidence to start without improv. Just it's, it's been a game changer for me on so many levels. Mm. I honestly can't imagine not doing it now and it's not to say I do it every day. I mean, I might take a class a week or something. Yeah. Musical improv is my focus right yeah, now, which sure, is sure. super scary. <laughs> but I did sing and it wasn't that bad. Uh, I bet you were great. <laughs> but it just, I don't, it's given me a new level of fearlessness um, and confidence that I didn't have before. So let's just keep riding it and yeah. see what else we can do yeah. with it. So it's a, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Improv. Game changer. Game changer. Thank you for pointing at the camera with me. <laughs> All right. My final question for you tonight, Dana. Um, looking ahead, what do you think uh, in terms of your, your improv journey? Do you have any goals for the future? Maybe the next six months, the next year, something you're working on or someplace you want to be? My ultimate goal is to get on Comedy Bang Bang. Ah, yeah. If I make it on Comedy Bang Bang goal. as a character or even just as an interviewee subject, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I've made it. I will, I will mic drop. I will be like done. I've made it now. I can die happily. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I assume if I make it on comedy, bang, bang, there's a lot more momentum going sure, on. Sure, so sure, like sure, there sure. will be yeah, more, there might be some other seeds out there. There will be more things to conquer and accomplish at that point. Absolutely. But yeah, that's, I, I, I said that recently on a mm. podcast and I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. that would be like the dream. Yeah. To, to do that. And I think it starts with just putting it out there, right? You're like, hey, this is something I want to do and letting other people know about it too because it holds you accountable and it sets your sights on something. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of a, like a silly one, but just like recognizing like, oh, if I get there, yeah. I've quote unquote made it. Yeah. But hey, listen, this is my second podcast I'm recording today. In the same day. In the same day. Two in one day. Two in one day. Ooh, you've been running around town to all these studios. <laughs> <laughs> the home studio the and then studio? the IFTP yeah. studio. I think that means I've made it as Absolutely. a podcaster Absolutely. too. That Absolutely. solidifies like, yeah. okay, you are a podcaster yeah. now. And, and on your writer, you know, uh, before we were able to get you in the studio, you said, I want M&Ms, but only 
only the blue ones. Mm -hmm. Don't give me any of those other colors. Do not give me the brown ones. I will throw it in your face. Yeah. And I was like, okay, 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 Mm -hmm. okay. And then you said, I want a payday bar with no nuts. And I was like, that's silly, but I I, I mean, it's not silly, but we got it done for you. Mm -hmm. I want a bag of Skittles, but I don't want to eat them. I want you to eat them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm. No, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Taste <laughs> no. the rainbow. It's okay. <laughs> My mouth hurts. Oh. Yeah. No. So you see, you got to grow with the, yeah, the, you gotta grow. the opportunities yeah. you're given. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I just started my podcast. It launched November 16th. Hey. And I think a little bit after, when did you yeah. launch this uh, one? September. So like maybe like, yeah, in September 19th. So like two months before. You know, funny story. Mm. I decided to start my podcast like in July when we had a yeah, sketch right, going yeah, right on around there. Yeah. And I think we had a class. It wasn't quite the rehearsal or show. So we had a class and I came yeah. and I was just like on such a high. Uh, Cause I had talked with my podcast partner uh, for the first one I was doing. I was like, Hey, I really want to start my own. And yeah. I was nervous what he would say and stuff. And he yeah. was fine with it. It was completely fine. Like yeah. drama free. Uh, nothing like you would see in the movies. He was like, <laughs> Oh, it's cool. It's fine. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'm doing this. So I came in on a high. It was probably a super fun class. The next day, Mm. I literally woke up and I was like, what the hell have I done? (laughs) What? What have I done? Like this decision I've I made up for this. Yeah, this is not a good decision. I should contact my podcast partner. I should go back. We should. We'll be fine. Like I don't. I I don't know how to get started. Like there's so much to do. I was so overwhelmed. Complete 180. Yeah. And um, I powered through that. I did not go back on my word. I kept going. It did take a while, like July. So then I launched in November. So it took a while to get things rolling and stuff, which is normal. Yeah. But (laughs) um, launched November 16th. And I've even said this month, which is January, we're recording, Mm. end of January, I've said, Oh, this podcast is now just a part of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it just feels like a thing I do. I'm feeling like that now too. Yeah, like point. it's yeah. it's not this big huge thing to have to release an episode and oh god, what are people going to think? Oh yeah, it feels it's, it's I'm like that's like, out there. All right. Yep. Yeah. On to the next one. Yeah. Like it's just a it's a part of me yeah. now. It's just yeah. a thing I do. And you know, I even right before the holidays in December, I recorded one I said really quick, but it ended up being an hour and it was my taking the leap of faith at mm. improv camp and beyond. So I talk about my yeah. IFTP, IFTP camp experience. I find that episode. Check it out. Yeah. And I talk about the leap of faith, but I ended up recording with the wrong microphone plugged oh, in. No, it was my webcam. Oh microphone. no. And oh. I, you know, it, every podcaster's nightmare. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now I've definitely made it. I've recorded with the wrong microphone yeah. and I've done two episodes in one day. And I, you know, I listened to it. I'm like, ugh, this sounds awful. I sent yeah. it to the editor, AKA my Fiverr guy. <laughs> and I was like, can you do anything with this? And he's yeah. like a little bit here. And I was like, you know what? My podcast is about improv and it's all about letting go of perfection. Yeah. Embracing mistakes this is definitely a mistake that was made. I will never make it again. You mm. better believe I checked those settings now. Yeah, 100%. I don't have quite the setup that you have. So That's all right. I, You know, I just released it. Yeah. I yeah. would have pre-improv, if I had done a podcast on something else, God knows what it would be on, I would not. I would never have released it. Mm. I would have spun my wheels. I would have re-recorded. I would have beat myself up. Like, oh, you're so stupid. How could you ever do yeah. that? Like, that's yeah. so dumb. Now you wasted so much time, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, mm, 
we're just going to release it. You know what? Lesson learned. I'm using this as an opportunity yeah. to learn now. I'll never make that mistake again. Yeah. And I think, good. I think the most important thing is that you did it and you started it. And with anything like that, creating content, starting a podcast, whatever that looks like, it's, it's not about getting all the right tools first and starting. It's about starting with what you have and building from there, both you and your skills, like working on the digital side of things, working on hosting skills, right? It's all of that. Cause I know I've learned a lot of that over the now past, you know, 21 episodes mm-hmm. and like Woo-hoo. just how to best leverage the tools that you have and learn new ones as well. So, well, you have some fancy tools. I'm quite impressed. And I, I'm very fortunate that Matthew Moore owned this. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're going to do a pod swap and you're, you're going to see your uh, guest experience on mine. <laughs> I'm excited. I know it's going to be great. All right. Dana, are you ready to play some games? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, um, so the first game we're going to play, I, it's a very original name. It's called From Page to Stage. And uh, essentially what we're going to do is that I've selected a poem that I enjoy. Uh, we're going to read the poem in its entirety, and then we'll just do a scene, uh, whatever comes from that poem. Okay. And I'll black us out when I think we're done. All right. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and read this poem. So this poem is called This Is Just to Say by William Carlos Williams. I have eaten the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me, they were, they were delicious, so sweet and so cold. Hey, uh, honey, I'm, I'm running late for work. Um, I'm just going to grab my, my breakfast yeah, and yeah, lunch yeah, yeah. and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, Jennifer, yeah, whatever you need. Um. Honey, uh, I had a, I had a peanut butter sandwich packed mm-hmm. and a banana and an apple for breakfast and lunch, and there's literally a fork yeah. in here now. Yeah. Well, I thought, um, uh, you could take that fork, and I, I, they have that like cafe in your building, right? So you could probably pick something up and use that fork to eat. Sure, but I mean, we were we've been talking about like trying to eat healthy, yeah, and eat yeah, at home yeah. and save money yeah. for our cruise, you know. Yeah, well, I on our cruise, I ate really healthy. Um, Jennifer, I ate your breakfast. Uh, okay, Brad. But it's like you can't be mad at me because you know I, I've been trying to do that intermittent fasting thing, and you know I I was putting together your lunch this morning, you know throwing throwing everything in there. And I just, I broke my fast. <laughs> I broke my fast. Yeah. That banana was exceptional. Chiquita. Whoo. Uh, your sandwich. Oh my gosh. That sandwich for lunch. It, it was so good. So I just want to let you know, it was a great lunch. Thank you for sharing it with me. Uh, I, I really needed that to start my day. Okay. So I have a choice. Either I'm going to be I'm gonna yeah. late for my meeting or I stay and make breakfast now. Well, look, here, look, um, I have actually some uh, some Cliff Bars in the pantry. Maybe you just take like two of those, and I think they're, they're a good meal replacement. Just here, yeah, Cliff Bars, you're good. That's breakfast, lunch, and then uh, yeah, you can get to your meeting, Jennifer, no problem. Bradley? Yeah, what's up? I did not want Cliff Bars for lunch. I wanted... My peanut butter sandwich, banana, apple, and chips. You know, I don't think this intermittent fasting thing 
is working out for you. I know you're trying to diet for the cruise. I know. Yeah. I know you are. You, you cruise, you lose. That's how I'm thinking. You cruise, you lose. Yeah, for sure. That is the what the Queen Mary says. You know too. that's my motto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've even gotten shirts already for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, we don't have to wear those at the same time. Though, we do. We? They match. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, cruise, you lose. Um, you know, there's the whole Mediterranean diet too. Yeah, um, yeah. hummus. We're just like eating every three to four hours, and then you won't feel so hungry that you uh, eat someone's lunch and breakfast at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I hear you. Uh huh. You know, and I think tomorrow, uh, when I'm throwing together your lunchbox, I'll uh, I'll try to only eat your breakfast. All right, so I'm going to start hiding my breakfast where you don't know where it is. And then and then you don't have to, and then we won't have this issue. I love playing games. Blackout! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so touching. Oh, that was so touching. And you're working so hard. And I, I am not. I, I am doing everything I can. To- no, yeah, and I don't need to solve your problem. But even though I tried, I did. I essentially did, but... Yeah, yeah. I am... Um, I, I like that poem. I love that poem. By I, Willi- William... Carlos Williams, Williams yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I read that poem in high school um, in like AP Lit. Is that it for the poem? Yeah, that's the whole poem. That's the whole, that's the whole poem. poem. And I just, wow. it has stuck with me since. I mean, you know, it's been a little while since I took that class, but I just, I've always quite enjoyed that poem. It was just very funny. I wonder if it is a true story poem. It like, might be. I That scenario just yeah. played out and he's like, I'm going to write a poem. On this. Yeah. Like we were like, I'm going to do a podcast episode. He was like, I'm going to write a poem yeah. about this. Yeah. This was just too good. Yeah. And I just, you know, this poem finally came back and I got to use it for something (laughs) because I just, I've always loved it. And over the years, like, oh yeah, there's that, that poem about the plums and the icebox. You cruise, you lose, Jeffrey, you cruise, you lose. Yeah. yeah. All right. So thank you for playing that game. That was fun. All right. uh, This next one uh, was actually also kind of inspired by you. Uh, This game is called Pod on the Pod. Um, So what we're going to be doing, Dana, is that we're actually going to be improvising our own podcast on this podcast because there's a few reasons I... This is a game idea I've had, but I just knew you were the perfect person to do it with because one, you have two podcasts. Secondly, you've written a a great sketch about podcasts and three, we're on a podcast right now. Um, So the the premise for this game, Dana, is that uh, we are going to get a, uh, I'm going to give us a random topic really quick. And then uh, we're just going to, we're just going to improvise a little bit uh, our own podcast. Whatever characters we want to yeah, be. Whatever characters. Okay. We'll just get kind of a prompt for a topic. And then... Uh, you never know. This could start yeah. the third podcast, this too. This could start... Your second, third uh, my third, yeah. Podcast. <laughs> all right. Um, so, all right. The topic of our podcast today is that uh, we're going to be talking about the worst places to be stuck. <laughs> the worst places to be stuck. And then uh, we'll just go for a bit. I'll block us out when we're done. Welcome, everyone, to a rock and a hard place podcast. Uh, And listen, all right, we're here talking about the toughest of topics here, where you don't want to be stuck in. And 
you know, a rock in a hard place is the worst place to be stuck in. Right, Michael? Absolutely, Dana. A rock Mm -hmm. in a hard place. You won't catch me there. But believe it or not, we've actually compiled a list of some places that are nearly or worse than being stuck between a rock and a hard place. (laughs) 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 All right. So I'll go ahead and break down our first entry of one of the worst places to be stuck. And let me tell you, Dana, this one, whoop, doozy. Whoop, whoop. Doozy, doozy. Yeah. So number one on our list, one of the worst places to be stuck is... A porta potty that just fell over. Oh, God. oh disgusting. Oh, Mardi Gras 2017. Don't even get me started. Oh, break it down, break it down. I'm using this porta potty, right? Using the potty. Paid for it. Got a wristband oh, and man. all. And VIP. Uh-huh. Right, you have to, okay? You're out on the street. Where are you gonna go potty at, right? You can't you gotta pay. You gotta hold it. Mm-hmm. Or pay. No, yeah, and you do not go in someone's yard, okay? You get arrested for that. Oh, you're done. Mm-hmm. Public yeah. record. So in the porta potty, right? And then all of a sudden, all right, all these people are trying to run to the float, all right, and the porta potty's in the way. They see this massive float, and they're just like humming beads off of it, and they're like, "I gotta get to the float." Start charging, and they just push over the porta potty no. with me in it, and, it, and I just literally go like, "Whoop!" Yeah, that's a biohazard, people. And mm-hmm. she is with us here today on the pod to regale us with this tale. That is officially worse than being stuck in a rock in a hard place. Thank you so much, Dana, for sharing mm. that that tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to talk about. Absolutely, it is. Yep. Um, That's why we have a podcast. But sometimes talking about it is healing too. Mm. Because mm. I could just, I could black this out, and I could say, I never want to be, you know, I'll never go in a porta potty again, but yeah. I will. Yeah. I'll have to go in a porta potty. You'll again. have to go again. That's the part of the human it's experience. Part of life is yeah. to go in a porta potty. It is. And I can't be afraid anymore. No, you can't. And I, you know, I just I thank you for this rock in a hard place podcast too because I don't know if I'd conquer my fear without it. So I'm just I'm here conquering my fear. I'm telling my story and I have to tell you I went into a porta potty last week. Wow. Wow. Give it up for Dana, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, she went back to the place where she was dunked on. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story of overcoming struggle, trauma. And you know what? I didn't get turned over. Didn't get turned didn't over. Didn't get dunked on. That's incredible. Didn't wash my hands. Blackout. <laughs> Uh, I was like, was dang, good. that's, that's that mean. Good. That was good. Uh, <laughs> all right, Dana. So we got one more game we're going to play for our episode, and then uh, and then we're going to be all set. Are you okay on time? I'm good. Okay, yeah. great, great, great. Uh, no, I, look, I'm, am I in the running for longest guest episodes so far? Um, we're getting there. Almost, almost. Oh, okay. I, I've all reached right, two hours yeah. uh, with a couple. All right, so for this last game, uh, this this game actually uh, pieced it together with a dear friend, Matthew Moore, friend of the show, friend of the podcast. Never uh, heard of him. This game is called IFTP SVU. Bum, bum. Um, so in this game, uh, you and I, Dana, are going to be given a random description of a dead body at a crime scene. And you and I will need to play through that scene leading up to the dead body appearing, okay. essentially. Okay. Um, bum, bum. Bum, bum. 
But this dead body was found. There were two things related to this dead body. Disco, eggs. So our task is to play the scene that explains how this happened. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. And our two so suggest- we're not detectives. We are. Okay. We are. We are replaying we're the what prequel. happened. Yes, we're the, we're the prequel. Okay. We're the episode leading up to the episode. <laughs> or we're the yeah the intro before the yeah the cold open uh, yes, yeah the criminal justice system yeah <laughs> before we get into that okay okay all right and again our two prompts are disco eggs. I think deviled eggs is the perfect thing to bring to a party. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, I know the good Lord says not to be associated with the devil. However, I don't think the Lord ever tried his eggs. He did not say to stay away from the eggs, though. Okay? He did not. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I th- I'm so glad, Martha May, that you agree with me. Oh, Samuel Francis, I certainly agree with you, and I just love you, especially when you just crack those eggs so gently. Oh, oh so You know, I just want to take nice, tender care uh, with these eggs, not get any of that shell in there, oh, none no. of that unexpected sea runch. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I love your laugh, honey. Oh, well, thank you, Martha May. And I am uh, smoothing this mayo out oh. to the smoothest. Okay, Ooh, They say mayo's already smooth, but... You don't want it too, like, you know, rigid like in the, the deviled eggs. You want no. it nice and smooth. I want okay? that smooth like sl- silk slurping mayo. Mm-hmm. You know how to do mm-hmm. it. And, of course, as always, I'm just going to take a quick sip of the eggs here just to make sure things are tasting all oh, right. Oh, taste it, yeah. Is it smooth? As I, as I kind of shuffle that yolk around in my mouth. Mm, this this be a fine batch of eggs there, Martha May. Did that did that chicken eat healthy healthy? Lead? Oh, absolutely. These eggs are fine. I'd give them a grade A plus. Ooh, eggs. Yeah. And uh, you know, I see that you're adding a little. Uh, is that a paprika to that uh, mayo mm-hmm. over there? A little bit of ooh spice. A little bit, just a little bit, a little bit of mustard. That's too. fun. Mm-hmm. Give yeah. a little funky funk taste. Ooh, a little funky mm-hmm. funk. Well, I think. Doing a little bit of funky funk is appropriate for this party that we're headed to, being a disco party and all. <laughs> you know I love the funky funk. That I do. And I'm so glad you uh, you and I are going to be wearing our matching sweater vests. I think those are going to be a smash hit on the dance floor. <laughs> oh, Samuel Francis, you could cut a rug, too, when we were younger. <laughs> Oh, Martha May, you're just being too just, dang nice. I mean, you literally cut it up. I mean, it, we can't even have rugs in our place anymore because you just did so much cutting. That's true. I'm like a razor blade on cardboard. <laughs> but you're smooth, though, okay? Like, that's that's what I'm concerned about, that smoothness in your movements. Oh. Yeah. Well, not as smooth as your mayo, Martha May. Martha May's mayo. Mm-hmm. Martha Mayo, that's what they call you. Down at the uh, Johnson's Disco Party we'll be heading to. You know, they're just, they're not going to know what hit them when, uh, when they eat these deviled eggs. They are not. They think, they're going to think it, it'd be the devil himself slapping them in the face. You know what I'm doing? You're adding a little bit of garnish, aren't you? Man, a little bit of garnish. Ooh-wee. A little bit of uh, 
Alcohol. Alcohol. Uh-huh. We're going to f- some funky sausage devil legs, Martha May. Oh, my goodness. And and a little extra paprika. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, now, the, the recipe only called for like one teaspoon. I added five teaspoons to cover up that, that alcohol taste. Smart. Uh-huh. Smart. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, uh, I think I, I'd like to try a little bit of your whip over there because well, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been sneaking a few sips of the egg yolk over here and I think I need to balance you it sure, out. You sure have, Samuel Francis. It's okay. just, I, in any cooking situation, I believe, mm-hmm. Martha May, it's important to be sampling one's ingredients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, the ingredients are the most important. Mm, sorry, that's the egg yolk talking. But oh, oh, it's good, right? Oh, this the, is the, alcohol the most taste? fantastic mayonnaise that I ever had, Martha mm-hmm. May. Thank you so much uh-huh. uh, for that, Samuel Francis. Are you okay? You are turning a little bit purple, Ooh, and I- you know I like purple, but not <coughs> on a person. <laughs> well, you know, Martha May, they're. I did notice when I was taking a sip them there of that uh, egg yolk, I, I think a, oh, a little bit of shell did. <gasps> got some shell in there. Get through to my throat. That's why I wanted some mayonnaise to kind of silk it down, you know. It didn't help. I, I don't think so. I just oh, uh, now oh I just here, feel a little here. buzzed and here have some alcohol, just straight up alcohol, wash it down. <laughs> Oh my goodness, it's so strong, Martha May. You know I only drink the Lord's Communion wine and the occasional sip of bourbon. I know it's only that occasional sip that you have every Friday, but (coughs) (laughs) just, (coughs) you gotta wash it down. Wash Uh, it down, Samuel Fran, please. Martha May, I may have, I may have cut my last rug. No, no, you have no, no, you got more rugs to, you got more rugs to cut. Samuel! Martha May, please, please, have them eat raw egg at my funeral. Remember me with the devils. No, I need the you. devils. I need you. I don't even, I don't know what to do with the eggs now. I'll be waiting for you now. <gasps> no, come back. <gasps> come back. <laughs> Blackout. <laughs> that got real sad there at the really end. Sad. It got a little too. I was, I was like, oh no. <laughs> that was wow. I, I do you, do you ever put alcohol in devil eggs? Is that a real thing? No, it's not. Okay, I was like, I know. I, that might work though. I don't know. I don't, um, I'm just laughing because I don't know what SVU <laughs> special victims unit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think we were special victims in that the fact that uh, we had a unique death <laughs> yeah, on our I hands. Yeah, I think so. That's what it was. So I think we'll take it. I, or, yeah, Martha May got really upset and uh, stuck a bottle somewhere it didn't need to go oh, or something. Yeah. We, didn't, we just didn't get to yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the coroner will have a field day, uh-huh. I think, in this situation. <laughs> all right. Well, Dana, thank you so much for playing. You were absolutely fantastic. And thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Before we conclude our episode for the evening, I just want to ask, are there any final words you want to leave us with tonight before we go? I am just, I'm so grateful for IFTP community, you know, Everyone here is so nice, and I know I'm not here on a monthly basis right now, but 
I love the variety too. You have the improv classes and the shows and then starting the sketch group. Keep mm-hmm. going with I that. Know, Start that sketch we're group. It, we're going to find a way. Yeah. Find a way. Find a way. <laughs> and uh, camp too. So just the variety that of ways that people can get involved. Yeah, the offerings. And I know, and Matt still, I'm still on the email list and I, During the holidays, I wasn't taking classes because I was traveling. I would have missed too many classes. But Matt was like, oh, anyone who came to camp, still come to our holiday party and stuff. Like, you know, just still being involved in the community is huge. And I'm just, I'm grateful for everyone here. So nice. I learned so much from them. Improv here and everywhere is a freaking game changer. Mm, and mm. I just want to encourage everyone who's listening. Cause you're probably all improvisers <laughs> listening to a two hour long improv podcast, but maybe not if you know, if you're listening and you haven't done improv, go take a class. And if you are just keep going in your journey, it might feel cringy. It might feel hard. It, you, you may feel like the worst improviser sometimes, but just keep going because it's so much fun. And you are learning so many skills in it that mm. can apply to your career and life. And um, it really will change your life. Yeah, it really will. Mm-hmm. Well, well said, Dana. Thank you so much again for coming on the show, sharing your wisdom, uh, sharing your skill and your talent and everything else. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for checking out Improv for the podcast. As always, uh, we come out every week on Wednesday. And uh, if you enjoy the show, as always, we'd love to hear your feedback on one of our platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, the phone book, you know, whatever you got. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time. Improv for the podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.